This episode of Converge with my guest, Ann Handley, is sponsored by WeaveWriter. For more information, check out WeaveWriter.com. Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things. And when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work, and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. When I think about people with talent, people who can do multiple things, Anne Handley is someone who comes to mind immediately. Marketer, curator, journalist, tastemaker, writer, speaker, superwoman. She's my friend. There's so many things that Anne Handley does well, and I am a grateful recipient for it. But today's conversation is a little bit more blue collar than those polished skills. Anne has written a brand new book called Everybody Writes, and in it, she really is calling people to the craft of writing in a way that not only is accessible and winsome, but really has a comprehensiveness and a depth to it that I think will be an invitation for the serious writer, but also an access point for those of you who think you might want to write in a serious way. I think, you know, we all are writers and, and everybody is capable of writing. The challenge, of course, which is what you're talking about now, is that it's hard. It's work. I think it's a matter of showing up. You know, it's just a matter of doing the work. I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Anne Hanley, welcome to Converge. Thank you so much, Dane. I'm really, really happy to be here. And thank you for that nice introduction, by the way. I think that I was actually taking notes as you were speaking. (laughs) (laughs) What am I? (laughs) Because, yeah, I was like, wow, he just, he made it sound really great. I got to write that down. So um, I was joking with you before we started recording that really this is just an excuse to get on on a call with you. You're a very busy person. You have a lot going on, both with marketing profs and uh, this conference is coming up in the fall and so many other activities that are going on at like a, a breakneck pace all the time. But for the few people on the planet who don't have a context for who you are and what you've done, can you give us a, a quick minute-long uh, synopsis of what you got what happened to you between college and now? <laughs> <laughs> 60 seconds and go. go. Um, let's see. What happened to me between college and now? Uh, so I graduated college with a degree in journalism and in English, thinking that I wanted to be an English um, teacher, an English professor. That did not work out when I realized that I didn't have any money for school. And I almost didn't have enough. I didn't have the stomach for it either because I was just thought it's time to move on. So I started working at a newspaper. I became a writer for the Boston Globe, among many other publications that no one has heard of, and did a lot of freelance work for every magazine and newspaper that would carry my byline. Um, And eventually that led to me co-founding ClickZ.com in 1997. Um, That's pretty much when the internet was happening, and it it became one of the first, uh, or it was one of the first sources of information for businesses online about how to use this then nascent tool called the internet to market themselves. Uh, had ClickZ for three years, sold it in 2000, and then joined marketingprofs.com uh, after that. 
Uh, and I've been there ever since. So somewhere along the way, I also hooked up with our friend Cece Chapman, wrote a book called Content Rules, which was really the book that I wanted to write that would that would uh, mirror or that would marry both content, which I'd been doing for a long time, both with journalism as well as at Clixi, with marketing, which I'd been doing at, at more recently at Clixi and at Marketing Profs. And then that led to eventually, as you so nicely teed up at the beginning of this, uh, everybody writes. Very succinct. And so many pieces in between that I want to tease out for a second here, because uh, really what I'm hearing in, in your journey so far is at core, you are a writer, even though you a lot of folks might think of you as a, a marketer or somebody who, you know, this Internet pioneer it seemed, and this is why I love that we're talking about this and that you finally wrote this book because we needed it. At core, you're you're somebody who takes ideas and packages them with words, uh, or at least I'm curious, is that how you see yourself? Yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, when I was younger, I wanted to be, I, I always loved words. And when I was younger, I wanted to be a teacher or I wanted to work with words, essentially. And at the time, I thought I had two options. You know, I could either write novels, which is an option that really isn't open to somebody right when they get out of college. At least it wasn't for me. It didn't feel accessible or doable at that point in my life. Um, or I could teach. I wanted to. I loved literature and, and English, and I thought I could teach at the college level and that I would really love doing that. Or I could be a journalist. So those were, or, you know, some sort of magazine writer or feature writer, that kind of thing. So, um, so those are the three things I wanted to do. You know, nowhere in there was business or, or marketing. I never took an economics course. I never took a business course. I don't have my MBA. Uh, so I really fell into marketing, you know, sideways. I kind of um, I kind of came in through the back door, really through content. So you're right. I mean, the first thing that I think about all the time is is content. That was my first love. And um, and that's how you know, that's really what I'm all about. When I was eight years old, I wrote in my diary that I wanted to be a writer writer with spelled with two t's <laughs> and and that's pretty much what i've always wanted to be and i've always wanted to be a writer and a publisher when you made that book with uh cc and content rules i was i loved it it was a, again a huge access point for a lot of people to get their head around what marketing had become or was is becoming and to see it in a more i think a more uh human way and at the same time, I, I was torn because I, it's very, um, I think, largely because of folks like you two, for people to see writing as content. Uh, do you ever have a weird kind of rub with that? Because content is a lot more than writing. You, know, you can make a lot of different kinds of content. And even if a video or audio or whatever might start as some scribbles on a page, I, I don't know. Do you find like that there's a purist inside of you that goes, yeah, it's, it is content, but there's more to it? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I'm a little bit allergic to that word content sometimes, even though it's, you know, I've been closely identified with it and I use it all the time and it's it's very much part of who I am now. But um, but it does kind of have that funny sort of feel to it. You know, it to me, it almost feels like, um, I don't know, a colorless blob. You know, I don't know that it really describes much of anything. Um, you know, content, as you say, is everything. It's everything on your website. It's everything, you know, that we're publishing on social channels. It's every experience in a, in a sense that our customers have with us, you know, how they interact with us or, or anybody who's kind of, you know, touching, touching the things that we produce or, or sell or package, you know, so, 
so yeah, content is everything. I have a, a sort of funny, funny feeling about it. I think at this point I've, I've um, sort of gotten over my allergy. I've kind of taken the antihistamine and now I use it all the time, <laughs> but it, you know, I don't, it, it isn't a very descriptive word. I guess that's my problem with it, mm-hmm. but writing at the same time, like, I'm not sure that, that that's a very descriptive word sometimes either, because, right. um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I mean, writing is is thinking, you know, there's a lot of writing that goes, I, I think there's a lot of, of things that go into writing that really don't have anything to do with the actual act of, you know, putting your hands on on um, a keyboard or, or holding a pencil or anything like that. There's a lot of, of thought and process that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is that tension, isn't it? That, yeah. That uh, uh, finding a word that can capture enough of what the thing is, yet still try to retain the particularity of it. It's hard to do. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, an example is like when, when I was titling Everybody Writes, I mean, I wish that I could just show you what my notebook looked like. I had a, I had a, um, a page in my, in my notebook where I just would scribble, you know, alternative titles or possible titles, anything, anytime I ever had a, an insight as to, oh, you know what I should call it? I should call it this. And I had some really wacky titles. They were just really bad titles, <laughs> you know, like the, uh, wow, what was one of them? Like the, the new content revolution. Oh, that's so <laughs> terrible. It's like, who wants to read that book? That sounds awful. Um, but it was my friend, Christina Halverson, who is a content strategist. So, you know, she builds websites that work very well. That's essentially what a content strategist does. And she suggests, she called me up one day and I had been going back and forth about like, oh, the elements of content, uh-huh. the elements of content style, uh-huh. content style elements. <laughs> I mean, all this stuff. It was crazy. And she called me up one day and she said, all right, I have your book title. It's Everybody Writes. And I just loved it immediately. It just clicked. And wow. I was like, that's it. That's it. I had to fight my publisher really hard for it because they didn't like the way that it sounded accessible and consumer. You know, this is this is a book for a business audience, uh, for marketing primarily. And um, and they wanted something that sounded a little bit more buttoned up, but uh, in the end, guess what? I won. So <laughs> well, well I, now now I want to talk about this. In fact, it's good. It's perfect to turn the corner and talk about everybody writes uh, in general. But specifically, I'm really struck by this this uh, the pushback that you might have gotten from the publisher because what it occurs to me, at least in the, my interactions with uh, professionals and everyday folks, is that the resistance to writing is everywhere. Like mm-hmm. even people who are professional writers struggle with, <laughs> you know, the blank page and, and folks who might have fancy pants titles um, where people might assume they do a lot of writing actually don't write very often. And, and certainly there are professionals who, who this is all they do every day. They wake up, they eat it, breathe it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's enough uh, in the audience you're describing group of people that if they don't get an access point, it does seem like they would be, uh, they they might not ever pick up the book. They might never be invited in. Does that is that accurate, or or what what was your thinking when you were trying to fight for it? Because I do think people have that awkward relationship with writing sometimes. Um, you know, and I talk about this in the in the book and in, in the beginning of it in the introduction is that there is this notion that there are two kinds of people in the world. You know, people who can write and people who can't, and writing should be reserved for that former category, you know? So if you can't write, don't even bother. Um, But I don't think that's true. And what I wanted to do was kind of demystify that process a little bit and empower everybody to make them feel like they can write. So 
it's not it's not reserved for a chosen few, right? It's not reserved for people who are particularly gifted or talented. I mean, certainly there are gifted and talented writers, and I don't mean to suggest that there is, there aren't. There certainly are, and there are many people out there who can write far better than I can, thank God. Um, but at the same time, there are also many people out there who I think can learn how to write. I don't think it's magic. You know, I think everyone can learn to be a better writer, um, a decent writer, a good writer. I think everybody can learn how to communicate with uh, brevity and, and with clarity and with real usefulness for the people you're trying to talk to. Um, and so those are the things that I was trying to impart and I wanted it to feel accessible. You know, that's why I didn't call it, you know, the new content revolution or the new marketing revolution or, you know, any other, uh, any other dumb title that I could have called it because I wanted it to feel very accessible. The audience that you're talking to in particular, this kind of uh, business management space, it's interesting. I was in a off off air conversation just candidly with a mutual friend of ours, Todd Henry. Um, he's working on a new book right now. I'm really excited to, to have it come out. And I actually work on another project as well. But we were both talking about this tension of writing to an individual mm -hmm. uh, who will read the thing, but also in a sense, writing to um, an industry or a, you know, a, the companies, like this kind of vague, nebulous, um, mm. you know, entity <laughs> that, of yeah. course, entities like that actually don't read books, individuals read books, but <laughs> but there's a sense in which, you know, publishers, and I'm not trying to vilify publishers, are asking important questions about how to position books. But uh, it's striking to me that there's this tension, again, of writing to an individual, but also writing to a, a space like mm. that. How conscious of you were that, were, were that, was that dynamic in play for you when you were writing? Yeah, I'm, I'm very conscious of that. And I'm also very conscious of that no matter what I write. So this book was not an anomaly. I mean, this book is a continuum of how I approach business writing in general. You know, one of my journalism professors when I was in school, when I was in college, used to say to me, no one will ever complain that you made something too simple to understand. <laughs> and I think of that all the time. And it's actually, it's in this book, it was in Content Rules, and it's in the back of my brain all the time. Um, and another one, another thing that he used to say is that no one has to read this. Just remember, no one has to read this. And I don't think a lot of business professionals approach writing that way. I think they approach it you know, whether they're writing an email or a blog post or, you know, a brief or anything that they're putting that they're putting, um, you know, pen to paper to to um, articulate. You know, I don't think that they always think about that end reader. And that's what journalists are trained to do. And so that's probably that's probably why, you know, I sort of have that philosophy is definitely because I, I did get that from my journalism school days. Um, but even when I'm writing a blog post, you know, sometimes I'll think to myself, maybe I'm making this too simple. You know, you know, maybe I, maybe I sound like I'm not very sophisticated and that worries me a little bit because I do have this, you know, that's a tension within me that I think, do I, am I making this sound like it's just, you know, way too simple, but I find that I get more feedback from people who say, thank you for making this accessible. Thank you for making me understand this, not that you're talking down to people. It's not it, you know, don't, don't make them feel stupid. Right. But definitely make it, make it, um, make it simple for them to understand. And so I, you know, I think of that all the time, no matter what I'm producing. Well, along those lines, um, I would, I would love to take the other side for a second. So like the folks out there who would, maybe they're, um, the, we talked a little bit about this offline before we started, but this notion of, 
uh, someone who might get offended by a title like everybody writes as if to say, mm. gosh, you know, you're, you're somehow lowering the stature of writers uh, when you let the common folk uh, be included. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm curious, like just uh, candidly, um, because I know, I know, just because we're friends, and I know we actually. For those of you who don't know, you're at home listening to this. When Anne and I hang out at like airports or at conferences, or we bump into <laughs> each other, we actually talk about stuff like this. Like this is <laughs> a common I conversation. Know. I know how much you care about writing. I know that you you have this really high bar, and it shows up in the way that you I mentioned. You're a tastemaker, and you can pick a brand, and you can pick a piece of content, and you and you you hold these things up like excellence. Like Tom Peters mm -hmm. would be so proud of you. And how you hold things up, <laughs> and it, and it's amazing to me, but there will still be critics out there. I know there will be who will say you're doing something wrong by making it accessible to more people. How how do you mm -hmm. respond to that kind of criticism? Yeah, um, yeah. I think as you know, I didn't anticipate that that was going to be an issue because uh, I, you know, I honestly come at it from from a place of generosity and and, and this is going to sound goofy, but I will be completely honest with you. I come at it from a place of goodness, you know. So in my mind, you know, it, it you know from a philosoph from a philosophical standpoint, I mean. So in other words, you know, why wouldn't everybody want to write better? Don't we all want to write better? Isn't that a better world to live in when everybody communicates yeah. with you know much more brevity and is much more customer centric? If you're if you're in marketing, um, if you really have pure empathy for the person you're writing for, I mean, isn't that a world you want to live in? But so I didn't. I don't anticipate, um, I didn't anticipate much blowback, but you know, as you know, I have gotten a little bit of it and, and that did, it did shock me in a way. It was hard for me to, to, uh, understand that point of view, but I think ultimately, you know, I'm not suggesting that professional writers should, you know, pack up and find another profession. I mean, and I'm not suggesting that, that they aren't needed anymore in a world where everybody writes. I mean, I think that there will always be room for anybody who is, really skilled at, at what they're putting out there. Um, and I want writers to, you know, to be better at, at what they're doing as well. So, I mean, I'm always learning. I'm always trying to get better. So I feel like that, you know, this is not an attack on writers. It's, it's just an, it's just a, um, what's the word? I guess I'm just imploring, you know, can't we all up our game a little bit, you know, can't we all be a little bit sharper in, in how we're communicating? And, you know, by all means, you know, I want writers to keep on doing what they're doing and to do it really well, but to live in a world where that skill is valued is a world that I want to live in. And that's what I've tried to contribute here, you know? So think of it this way, you know, I talk to a lot of businesses who, who don't consider writing at all as, as a valuable skill set. So, you know, when they're talking about content, they're talking about video or they're talking about webinars or they're talking about infographics. And they don't think about the fact that there is actually a lot of writing that goes into things like that, you know, scripts and the landing page that that uh, infographic goes on, you know, Absolutely. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they really they don't value it. And so what I'm saying is, so you may be a writer who works for for companies and maybe that's how you make your living. And that's awesome. But don't you want to work with a company who suddenly sees the real value in what you're providing? So that's that's my response. I love that response. <laughs> and I hope more people hear it because there is a sense of of uh, responsibility 
to writing? Like one way that I'm framing up this, some of the, what you're describing is uh, I've actually started calling writing a core human technology, like a, ba mm. a basic thing. Yes. That, that's just required. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And, and it's sort of like, you know, like everybody cooks, right? right. Is that thing that you, sh <laughs> you should never buy a cookbook. You should always just, just go to restaurants and be fed by professional chefs. <laughs> you know, that's how core it feels to me. Yeah. Well, and, and sadly, a, a lot of writing is more like everybody poops. Like there's just not, <laughs> <laughs> it's, we, we really could raise the game across the board, uh, especially in a world of, you know, outlines and bullet points um, and PowerPoint presentations. It, it, stri right. it strikes me that, I know in my experience, as I've, as I've, I feel like moved from freshman to sophomore year in my efforts to write, I've become more conscious of ways that I'm actually a horrible writer. But mm. but I'm I'm radically improved from where <laughs> where I was when Random House published my books. Like uh, it's mm -hmm. so in a sense the bar is is ra it seems low, in that everyone can get in the game. But at the same time, there's so much headroom to go from here. Do, do you see your own uh, improvements uh, at this stage in your career writing? Yeah, or? yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, we we were talking about content rules, for example, and um, and Cece will tell you this too. But I edited every single stitch of content rules, right? So I read parts of that book now and I cringe a little bit at some of the things that I left in there, some of the phrasing that I used. I think, oh gosh, I would never have let that go now. Um, and so, you know, here I am, you know, what, 20, 25 years into my career and I, and I feel like I'm still learning. So I don't think there's ever a point where you're a true master. At least I will never be a true master. I can't speak for everybody else. So, yeah, I'm always learning things. You know, I go back and I read my blog posts, for example, at annhanley.com that I wrote when I first started that blog seven years ago or so. And it's painful because I think, oh, God, I sound like a hormonal teenager sometimes, you know, some of the <laughs> way overwriting and I'm trying so hard. I could just feel how hard I was trying that it's painful to read. And yet, you know, I mean, by most standards, I was probably, a, you know, I'm a decent writer, even, you know, even in my hormonal teenage stage seven years ago when I, by the way, was the furthest ring from hormonal and a teenager. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, it's, it's, that's my feeling about it anyway. You know, I think probably true maestros are, are, um, are still thinking that they can get better and better and better. And at the point where I can't get better anymore, then I don't know, that doesn't seem like a place where I would want to be. Your book has been compared, uh, and you're going to cringe when I say this because it's—I've seen this in print, by the way—to uh, <laughs> um, to elements of style, strunk and white, and yeah, and in particular, you know, both efforts are encouraging people to get better at this thing. And so, I have a two-prong question related to the comparison. One, what what were you hoping to contribute? Because I know you're familiar with that and several other books that encourage like writing better. What were you hoping to do that was a little different? And then, and then two. What about the, the other edge of, of encouraging people to write better? Like for what I mean by that is I remember when I first came up against elements of style and I started reading like what made a good sentence or, mm -hmm. uh, there, <laughs> and then I would look at the sentence I would, that I just wrote and I realized, Oh, well, I'm, I'm really bad. Like I'm, it, it was almost like this, this, um, illumination of, of my, of my warts. Yeah. And, and for a while, it just kind of made me stop writing. I was like, ah, like, I don't want to go there anymore. It's just too obvious. But if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't get any better. So I'm curious, again, number one, 
what were you trying to do to, to add to the conversation? And number two, uh, what do you do for the folks that when they come across an invitation to get better at this thing and, and some things get revealed about where their gaps are, how should they respond to that constructively? Hmm. Okay. So I have to try to remember the two parts. Uh, I'll, I'll remember. I'll pick, okay, pick just whichever one you want to go with first. All right. I'm going to go with one, but then remind <laughs> me about two. Um, yeah. So no, so the, the comparison to the elements of style while flattering, I don't know that, that to me, that's a classic book. It's been around forever. When I was uh, learning how to write and, and as you know, I, I still reread it every year, but, but when I was in college and learning how to write, that was the book that really got me through my journalism classes back then, my writing classes back then. So I have tremendous respect and affection for E.B. White, um, one of the authors of Elements of Style. But what I think uh, Everybody Writes does, where, where it picks up the conversation is it introduces the idea that for in a business context. So for example, you know, marketers and, and business owners, you know, business entrepreneurs, all of us, you know, we're all writers in a different sense. You know, when, when E.B. E. White wrote Elements of Style um, 50 years ago, you know, he was, he was talking to mostly an audience of writers and college students and people who are real hardcore writers, you know, who had sort of self-identified as people who had to write. So what this book suggests is that let's take it then to the next level, you know, in a world where we all have access to a publishing platform, right, where we all can create podcasts like this one that will go on a blog or um, or will that be embedded on a website or whatever, you know, where we all can can create content in a world where everybody does write, you know, let's talk about how do we apply some of the fundamentals of writing and publishing, not just writing, but publishing too, as well as some, you know, some very brief kind of memorable grammar lessons uh, to this new world of, of business that we that we do business in. So I wrote this book because I couldn't find what I wanted. You know, as I said, I'm a huge fan of the elements of style and there's a number of other good books out there. You know, Stephen King's um, On Writing is a fantastic book. Yeah. But there's a number of books that are, are that are generally really good writing books, but they're not framed for a business audience. They're especially not framed for people who are creating content and publishing in a social media and content-driven world. So this is the book that I think answers or, or fills that need. Hmm. So more of an applied sense, especially in our digital world. Yes, exactly. Got it. All right. So the so the other part of the question, which I've already forgotten, so I'm glad you remember, <laughs> is is uh, the response that people ought to have when when they have sincerity in wanting to get better with their writing, mm -hmm. and they get they get past that that developmental stage when they go from unconsciously incompetent to consciously co incompetent, um, and they're awake to what's there, and they have to push through that to become. Let's say, what's the old pithy phrase? Unconsciously competent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Before they get there, um, what's the appropriate response? Because it seems like it's easy to anticipate that when people try to get better with their writing, they're going to get worse first, or at least they're going to be aware <laughs> aware of the worseness of it. Uh, they were they were bad before; they just didn't know it. And and as they become more aware of it, and they need to push through. Um, is it simply a, a grit conversation where they need to find a way, or? Or how, if you could like uh, have a little pep talk with somebody over coffee <laughs> um, as they're getting into it, what, what are the kinds of things you'd want to say? Like, what would you say to like your daughter as she, <laughs> as she enters into, uh, you know, to her journalism class, uh, you know, at Brown or wherever she's going to go next year? Right. I think this relates to what we were talking about earlier. You know, the idea that there are 
that, that there exists this notion that there are two kinds of people, you know, people who can write and people who can't. And I don't think that's true. I think, you know, we all are writers and, and everybody is capable of writing. The challenge, of course, which is what you're talking about now, is that it's hard. It's work, right? <laughs> you have to do it. So that's the part where I think people get hung up. Um, and there, But there's no, you know, there's no magic to it. I don't think there's any special elixir to it. It's just a matter of just of doing it. Um, I tell a story in the book is it of um, of signing up to go to uh, go to a gym, right? Start training, and I got a personal trainer, and I showed up on my first day, and it was incredibly painful and uncomfortable, and I felt ridiculous wearing spandex, and I felt like a poser, and I'm like, this isn't me. I don't go to gyms. I don't really want to be here right now, but you know, I did it. I kept showing up because I had an appointment with my trainer that I I couldn't break, and then you know, half a year later, I was able to do a push up, one push up. That is incredibly lame, right? That's an incredibly lame story about somebody's fitness. But you know what? I was really proud of it because my entire life, you know, my entire adolescence and uh, and adulthood up to this point, I have always framed myself as spectacularly non-athletic. And I assumed that that's okay. I'm just not an, not an athlete. I just can't do a push-up. I think... Writing is very similar. I think we are all capable of doing the push-up equivalent of a blog post. You know, I think we're all able to produce writing that is inherently more enjoyable than what we're doing right now. And I think we'll feel better about it, just like I feel much better about myself now that I can do 12 push-ups. So um, I think it's a matter of showing up, you know, it's just a matter of doing the work. So it may feel awkward and painful, but ultimately, um, you know, it's a matter of, of, of just, as you said, you know, pushing through and, and having the grit and the, and the will and the inspiration to keep going. What I think you've done is you have offered hope and possibility to a lot of folks that otherwise wouldn't have any. And I am so grateful you wrote this book. Where, where can people find you and find it? So they can find me uh, at annhamley.com. I'm also on Twitter as at marketingprofs or at annhamley. Uh, they can find out more about the book at everybodywrites.com. Or you can Google me. I found out the other day because my daughter was stalking me, which she does regularly. Uh, I found out the other day that I actually own the first two pages of Google. So I was very happy before any other Ann Hanley creeps in. That's, <laughs> that's great. Hey, by, by the way, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. In case people catch this uh, in the early stages of the launch and they don't catch it too much later because, you know, the, the, these things might not be there. But you have some amazing swag for the early adopters out there. Uh, <laughs> talk very quickly. Talk about uh, the stuff they can get if they sign up early and what they need to do. Yeah, so um, I'm offering a anti-mediocrity content toolkit to anybody who pre-orders the book um, by September 15th, which is the official launch date. Uh, so that's just, what, about a week and a half or so, something like that. Um, it includes a right drunk, edit sober coaster. Uh, it includes a door hanger that you can put on the door to, um, to close the door. Be based on a quote from Stephen King, which is write with a door closed, edit with a door open, mm. based on the mindset that, you know, open with your audience and I'm sorry, edit with your audience in mind and, and write with, um, you know, write with abandon just for yourself. Mm. Uh, what else does it include? Oh, it includes a, a magical writing pen, which um, is guaranteed or money back to <laughs> make you a better writer. 
and a couple of other fun little things, but just, you know, a bunch of things. And it comes in a really sharp red metal, uh, sorry, red um, bubble envelope. Did you get yours yet, by the way? No, I am like checking the mail daily, but I I, oh. I cannot wait. Well, um, thank you for being here. And uh, again, if you guys want that good swag, go over to everybodywrites.com. And thank you, Anne, for being here. Yeah, thanks. This is fun. Thanks for having me. This was episode 026 of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. ConvergePodcast.com is our home where you'll find past episodes as well as Go, our annual gathering for creatives looking to make a difference with their creations. Music today provided by TripleScoopMusic.com. Sound as good as you look. Thanks to Anna Quaza at acreative.co for her audio production. And a special thanks to Anne Handley for being with us. Visit her at annhandley.com. As usual, I want to thank you for spreading the word about the show. When you leave questions and comments on the site and rate us on places like iTunes, we recognize that you caring enough to do that sort of thing is a really big deal, and we're grateful. That's it for now. I'm Dane Sanders. I'll see you here next time.